Welcome to another episode of Spock Sports Show, sponsored locally through Barbary Law Firm. It's a look at everything sports here in the mid-Michigan area. And now, here's your host, Chris Spock. Welcome to another edition of Spock Sports Show, presented by Barbary Law Firm. Every case they take, they take personally. If you have a car accident claim, injury claim, something like that, they are the ones you need to call. No need to call that 1-800 number and talk to somebody you don't know. You can call and talk to the man, Joe Barbary himself. Well, it'll probably be Vicky when you call, but then he's just a short, you know, boop a boop away. If you know somebody that's been in a car accident and has an injury claim, make sure they protect themselves by calling Joe Barbary. When it comes to those claims, insurance companies know Everybody knows him in particular here in the area. He knows the courts. Joe Barbary is the man to call with any claim that you have. First half, we're going to take a look at where all of our five ultra-local teams are going to be for district play for the boys and the girls. Talk about the favorites just kind of based on record. If there's been any head-to-head matchups. In the second half of Spots Sports Show, we're catching up with Coach Jamie Fazy from Shepherd Boys Basketball. They're currently 17-3 and right now, one game away from wrapping up the Jack Pine Conference this Thursday as they take on Gladwin. And even if they fall in that game, they will still They'll be co-conference champions. They also have another big game tomorrow night that we will be at as the Mount Pleasant Oilers host the Shepherd Blue Jays. A lot of B4 Foundation stuff going on there as well. If you wear a B4 Foundation shirt to the game, you are going to get in for free. Another big, big thank you to Terry Hesbrook, Logan Hesbrook, for catching up with me in last week's Spock Sports Show, talking all things about the B4 Foundation and remembering just that legendary athlete here in mid-Michigan, Brady Hesbrook. Just a big shout out to them. If you need to know any information about the B4 Foundation, Facebook page is now up and running. Check out that podcast. Just give me a call here. Give me an email, Chris at WCZY.net, and I will let you know how to get involved and let you know what it is all about raising mental health awareness out there just for everybody. All right, now let's get to that district playoff rundown. And unfortunately, you know, only four divisions. I always wish there was just as many as there was for high school football because you'd have more state champions. But our only team in Division One Ultra locally is the Mount Pleasant Oiler Girls. They're in action Wednesday. They face Bay City Western. We will be there for that game. The other girls are 13-9. Bay City Western 15-7. On the other side of the district, Midland Dow awaits the winner of Midland High and Bay City Central. Dow will be a big favorite in that other district semifinal. This one here with Mount Pleasant and Bay City Western could be a great game. They played earlier this year with Western winning 51-49 on some last-second free throws. They always did have a chance to win. That game starts Wednesday at 5.30. Make sure you join us for the action. The Oiler girls win there. I expect them to take on Midland Dow. And just like that Bay City Western game, they were only down, they were tied with Midland Dow. 18 seconds left to go. I think Dow ended up winning the game by five or seven. They had a big three-pointer. But Mount Pleasant is 0-2 against Bay City Western and Midland Dow. But those games are both very close. They definitely have their first chance to win a district in a number of years. And if they were able to get through districts, Sault Ste. Marie is 17-2. Traverse City Central, 16-6, will be most likely who they would play. And moving on to Division Two, and we'll stick with the girls' high school hoops as their playoff action. Well, games were supposed to start tonight. Pretty much everything canceled because of the weather out there. So everything will start tomorrow night, Wednesday. So things could be pushed back for some of these games. Said so that Wednesday game with the Mount Pleasant Oilers, Bay City Western, if there are any changes, we will let you know about them as soon as we know about them. All right, so when it comes to District 2, or Division 2, pardon me, Claire girls are over in Midland Bullet Creek. They're 13-9 on the year, pardon me. They take on Ogama Heights, scheduled to be Wednesday, but if there's any changes, we'll let you know about them, but I'm going to continue to say these games are scheduled for Wednesday. But across the other side of the bracket is the big, big favorite in this district, Standa Sterling, who is 19-3 on the season. 
Slide over to the other side of the bracket. Howard City and Tri-County were supposed to play, or Howard City, Tri-County, and Belding were supposed to play tonight. Said, don't know if that game is happening. But the big favorite in this district is Alma, who's 13-9. But that 13-9 is a really good 13-9 playing the Tri-Valley Conference that they do. Keep things moving down to Division Three and the Beale City Aggie Girls, who had their best year in quite a while at 14-7. A problem for them, they play in one of the most loaded districts I have ever seen, period. So you have 13-9 St. Louis. They play Wednesday against 19-1 Sanford Meridian, who might be the favorite, but maybe not, because on the other side of the bracket, Saginaw Valley Lutheran is 19-3. They play Beale City, who's scheduled to be tonight again. That game might be pushed back. But the winner of that game plays, who I think probably is the favorite in the district, Hemlock, who is 19-3. They have best in Midland Dow this year, just one of the top top teams in Division One the last several years. So that is just a loaded district right there. Whoever gets through that could be looking at going a long way in Class C for girls' high school hoops. And that just leaves us with Division Four and the Sacred Heart Academy girls. They're supposed to be in action on Wednesday playing the winner of Vesterberg-Coleman, two teams that they have already bested. Well, they split with Coleman. They beat Vesterberg both times they played this year. On the other side of the district, Marion 15-4 and four is scheduled to play Wednesday. Obviously, everything might be pushed back a day or two. We can end up having a Saturday district championship game. We will see how things go. Again, Sean Powers in the morning. I'll have it for you in the afternoon sports report. And you can check our Facebook page, facebook.com slash my1043, buck923. We will keep you up to date on what is going down with cancellations and these games moving ahead. Like I said, a lot of times I just said scheduled to be tonight. We shall see, but we will keep you up to date on the schedule. But if you ask me about the, the favorite or whatever, Mount Pleasant Sacred Heart Academy and Marion will probably match up in the district championship in Division 4. Definitely think Sacred Heart could win that game. Also think the Mount Pleasant Oilers have a good chance of winning their district championship as well. Beale City, they had a great year, but it's going to be a tough time getting through that loaded district. Shepherd Blue Jay girls probably going to have a tough time if they take on Elma once again. And the same goes for the Claire girls. Standish Sterling, just one of the best teams in the state. So if you ask me, the two teams that have the best chances of winning a district this year in girls' high schools right here in Mount Pleasant, the Mount Pleasant girls and the Sacred Heart Academy girls. But not to say any of those other teams, you know, couldn't win one. And I'd love for them to come, you know, yell at me in my face if they did win one of those district championships. And our coverage will start, well, hopefully Wednesday. We'll see what happens about Pleasant Girls scheduled to take on Bay City Western. And our final boys regular season game scheduled to be tomorrow night as the Mount Pleasant Oiler boys are hosting the Shepherd Blue Jays. So let's talk about those boys basketball districts. And a lot of these might sound like a repeat because a lot of the districts are some of the same matchups, just a couple different teams out there. And it was just a couple years ago that they started seeding things for the boys and girls. So in the past, you know, you could have, you know, 19-2 team facing an 18-1 team in the district opener and they just you know that's set in stone they wouldn't change it so it's kind of cool how they have changed things up a little bit and so our playoff coverage for the boys will start next wednesday march 8th with the mount pleasant oiler boys as they will play the winner of midland high and bay city western they bested both those teams already a couple times this year and they will play the winner of midland out bay city central when you look at midland Dow's record it says 11 and 9 but they also have four forfeits as well so you could say it is 14 and 5 you know on the court as well they play a 10 and 10 Bay City Central team. I expect it to be Midland Dow, Mount Pleasant in the district championship next Friday. The district is hosted by Midland Dow. I'll be over there for all that action. 
And if they were to move on, I would say the favorite in the other district that they might play might be Petoskey. And what do you know, Mount Pleasant-Petoskey matchup later this week. Sliding down to Division Two, the Clare boys are in the Ogama Heights district. They're going to open up play against Midland Bullet Creek next Wednesday. 9-11 on the year, but they've done much better since they've had Miles Haggart back in the lineup. Very similar to the girls. I talked about the Stand of Sterling girls being 19-3. Well, as of right now, the Stand of Sterling boys are undefeated at 18-0. They're on the other side of that district. They are going to be the big, big favorite there. And the Shepherd Blue Jay boys, despite their, you know, great record, I don't know if you can call them the favorite in their district. They're 17 and 3. Slide over to the other side. You've got Elma, who's 11 and 9. But Elma did best Shepherd. It's one of those three losses they had on the year. I believe it was about 14 points right after Christmas break. But I know the Shepherd Blue Jay boys would be itching to get back at Elma. That district will be played down in Central Montcalm. The Shepherd Blue Jay boys happen to make it through that district. They will most likely take on Freeland or Saginaw High. Yes, Saginaw High, the Mount Pleasant plays. They are in Division II this year for a few years, despite you know their enrollment being Division II. They played up to Division I. You know, now in Division II, let's see if they start racking up those state championships. The Shepherd Blue Jay boys said you got to call Elma the favorite because they won that game earlier, but I would not be surprised at all if they did win their district. Slide down to Division Three, where we find the Beale City Aggie Boys. They're in Sanford Meridian for their district. Along with Beaverton, Pinconning, and Farwell, you can call it the Jack Pine District. But the Beale City Boys currently 17-3 on the year. Sanford Meridian, Beaverton 14-7, But I would think that Beale City is the big favorite in this district. Either one of those teams, Sanford Meridian or Beaverton, could give them a run for their money in that district final. But I think the Beale City Boys have a great chance to win the district final. But then woo, whoever comes out of that district will have another tough game as the Lake City District has Traverse City, St. Francis, and Maple City Glen Lake. They're both 17-3 and three and they actually play each other later this week. Might match up again next week in a district final. Keep moving down to Division 4 where we find the Sacred Heart Academy boys. I don't think I want to put like any extended pressure on this team, but I think if there's one overall team to call a district favorite of our ultra-locals, it is the Sacred Heart Academy boys. They're in the district with Vesterberg, Midland Calvary Baptist, Breckenridge, Coleman, and Merrill. They'll play the winner of Coleman and Merrill, two teams they've already beaten twice. They win that game, they'd most likely play Breckenridge. It's Breckenridge is best at Vestaberg and Midland Cavalry Baptist. So I think you'd see a Mount Pleasant Sacred Art Breckenridge district final and well sacred arts already bested brackenridge twice so i think a good chance they move on to a regional in which one of you know one of our teams are in the regionals for the boys we will be there for that action so i talked about the girls you know ultra locals that if there was going to be a favorite there it's probably sacred art and mount pleasant i feel a little bit more confident about the boys i think we've got a number of teams that could win district champions. Again, I'm not going to call Shepard the favorite despite that really great record just because they lost to Elma earlier in the year, but wouldn't be a surprise at all if they bested them to win the district championship. The one team I'd be really surprised hoisting a district crown is Claire just because they're in with an undefeated Standish Sterling team. I think the Oiler boys are favorite. I think Sacred Heart's big favorites. I think Beale City has a great chance to win their district as well. Again, Shepard, it's going to be tough to beat Elma, but they are definitely capable of doing it. It's got a great chance for a number number of boys and girls teams to be hosting di- hoisting district championships said so i mentioned the shepherd blue jays we're going to talk with their coach jamie fazy first year head coach has him off to a 17 and 3 start looking to win a jack pine conference championship is he surprised it's one of the things i'm going to ask him when we come back you're listening to spock sports show on buck 92 and podcasting wherever you get your podcast be back with more right after this it is spock sports show presented by barberry law firm every case they take they take personally at spock sports show on buck 92 and podcasting all all over the world. If you've got legal questions and you don't know what to do, 
My attorney is Joe Barbary. He can be yours too. Hi, this is Joe Barbary. Here's a motor vehicle accident tip. If you've been injured in an auto accident, you don't have to go to Detroit to get the best legal team to represent you. Myself and my staff have been doing auto accidents in the central Michigan area for over 30 years. Most people I know don't want to drive 150 miles to meet with somebody that they've never met before. If you retain us at Barbary Law, you'll meet with an attorney face-to-face and you'll be minutes away from doing so. So keep that in mind if you're injured or, God forbid, a loved one is injured or killed in a motor vehicle accident. Contact Barbary Law and we'll take care of you. My attorney is Joe Barbary. He can be yours too. We now return you to Chris Spockman and the Spock Sports Show, live from the Barbary Law Firm's mobile sports studio, right here on Buck 92. Welcome back to Spock Sports Show, presented by that Barbary Law Firm. Every case they take, uh, they take personally. Now let's get into my conversation with Coach Jamie Fazy from the 17-3 Shepherd Blue Jay Varsity Boys basketball team. When taking this job last year, you guys are now 17-3 and right now. Do you think a record like that was possible with this squad? I don't know. It's a tough question to answer. I know when I took the job, I was able to get my hands on all the huddle film from last year. I probably went through about 10 or 11 games. The first thing I told my wife was, I think this group has got a chance to be really good. Didn't really think much about, you know, wins and losses. Thought more or less of what, you know, what we wanted to do on the defensive end and what we, you know, wanted to get the boys to strive to do on the offensive end. You know, as we got rolling, then, you know, you think about it a little bit. But, you know, like I've said before, I think with, with you and gentlemen from the Morning Sun and anybody else that's asked from, like, I'm live, like, I don't, I don't really think too much about the, the wins and losses, you know, outside of, you know, wanting to put ourselves in a position to win conference as much as seeing the boys improve, um, throughout the season you know we had a little bit of a hiccup there you know three games stretch you know two three weeks ago and I think we've come out of that you know pretty good and you know we're really excited about you know Tuesday and Thursday's opportunities uh, before we head into this yeah if you guys are able to knock off Gladwin on Thursday you guys will win the Jack Pine outright even if you guys lose you're still going to be a, a you know share the conference championship at what point did you think or know it was you know winning that was attainable and you know I think going way back to the game you guys had against Claire early in the season where you won 48 to 16 you know just giving up four points a quarter that, that you know that kind of told me like I, I knew Claire had lost a lot but still a well well coached program some great athletes out there you know when at what point did you kind of know that winning that Jack Pine was going to be attainable this year possibly um well you know coming in coming in not knowing a lot about the Jack Pine compared to my you know knowing more about the the CBC which I was familiar with coaching in you know last time I was at Shepherd um you know not till we got through you know what the, the first you know probably probably that Gladwin game the first Gladwin game I know we you know we got we got Meridian at Meridian you know when they were missing a guy um but really you know, watching tape and, and looking at the other the other teams and knowing that, you know, Claire was going to get back up to full strength um, the second time that we got him. You know, when we got that that, clip, that win at Gladwin, um, and I think that made us, you know, we, we had beaten everybody the first time through the, the first uh, set of two games through there is where you go, yep, you know, we're, we got a good we got a good chance here, but we got to be ready to, to play teams a second time, and we didn't do a good job of that, you know, second time versus uh, Meridian and second time versus Everton. So, um, you know, that's definitely, you know, our mindset that we got something to prove that, you know, we can beat a team twice. 
know, especially a good team like Gladwin. Um, you know, they've got some very good, you know, athletes and some very good players and guys that are off the state championship football team. So uh, you've got to be ready to go. Uh, you can't you can't just assume because you, you beat somebody at their place that, you know, that's automatically going to be handed to us, you know, Thursday night. And with it being senior night and, and that for us, I, and how we've been the last two weeks after I said that hiccup, uh, I feel pretty good about where we're at mentally. Um, seem to be seem to be more locked in like we were middle of the season when we made a, you know, a pretty good run through there. And, um, and we're coming along in some areas that we've been working really hard. Yeah, and defense, you know, and I really liked what you said at the beginning of the year. You said you wanted to have such a focus on defense because even if you haven't been shooting a basketball, defense is all effort. You can have that from game one, and you guys have. It's only been six games this year. You guys have allowed opponents to go over 40 points. I'll say it again, just six games. Opponents have gone over 40. You guys are 3-3 three and three in those games, 14-0 and 0 when you hold opponents under 40. Just kind of talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's important. It's really the backbone of what we preach. Um, you know, like we said earlier in the year, um, we are big proponents of our boys playing as many sports as they can play. Now, with that, you know, comes you know, you still gotta you still gotta do some basketball in the summer. You just can't, you know, just jump from sport to sport. And, and I've had those conversations with people throughout our community trying to you know shift that mindset. Um, but yeah, defense, you know, especially early in the year, is is the one thing that you can be ready to go you know, right away, you know, through your, you know, your first, you know, right now we get, what, two weeks before we, before we play now. So our, you know, our, our lead up to our first game is pretty short. So you got to have a lot of, a lot of boys coming off of either football or soccer. And, you know, they're going to be a little bit rusty on that, that shooting end and the ball handling and the passing and the overall flow of offense. So, um, you know, that's why we think it's important. We've always kind of had that number, you know, you people under 40, you can do enough, even if you're not having a great night, you know, to still give yourselves a chance, you know, to win. So, um, and, you know, when you bring up those numbers, I haven't even really thought about those numbers as far as, you know, the six games, you know, over 40, you know, being three and three, it's even more cements it, you know, when you're having those conversations with your team about the importance of that. So, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those I just kind of went through and I started counting them. I says, wait, it is it is 3-3 three and three and 14-0, and 0, you know, with those numbers. And let's talk a little bit about the backcourt. And, you, you know, we'll maybe you'll talk about the frontcourt in a minute too. But you got Bendeley, Dysinger, and Mitch Walters. Yeah. You know, going into the year, I think you knew Dysinger was going to be, you know, a scorer. Bendeley was going to be a great guard. You know, has Walters been the big surprise for you this year or did you kind of knew he was going to bring it too defensively? Well, I think they've. I think all three of them have surprised me in different in different areas. Um, we knew just from the first time that I met Mitchell, I knew Mitchell was a leader. You just didn't know what you would have, you know, with some of the, the basketball stuff. I only got so much tape on him last year because he had hurt his thumb. So, you know, once we got into the first couple of practices, you realize that, you know, this is a guy that defensively, you know, gets what we're trying to do, I think, is craving you know, what we were trying to, what we're trying to do. Um, and then offensively has just, you know, come on, you know, throughout the year the, the way that you want, you know, when you've got a, you know, a young man that plays football, um, heck of a baseball player, you know, congrats to him. He got a scholarship to go play at Alpina, uh, which we're really excited for him and his family about that, um, that, you know, he's going to get better offensively, you know, throughout the season. And he has, um, and his defense has always been there. Um, you know, the same thing with, with Joel, you know, you, see Joel on tape and the kid can get up and down the floor like very few you know kids that I've I've been able to coach or have seen um and you know kind of the same thing as Mitchell you know um heck of a soccer player you know uh plays golf and the offense is going to get you know better and better 
Um, and then, you know, Colton is extremely gifted offensively and has really accepted the challenge where, you know, if anybody were to come watch us the first time, you know, out of those three guys, it could be kind of a crapshoot that night on, on who you would say is our best perimeter defender. And that's, um, that's a lot of credit to him and the hard work that he's put in and, you know, the challenge we've put on him to, uh, to meet that level that, that Joel and Mitchell, you know, exhibit, you know, for our guards, you know, defensively. So it's obviously very blessed to have, you know, three guards like that, um, especially in your first year, makes it, you know, very easier us what we want to do defensively and then it's really helped uh, what we're trying to do you know offensively and teaching these boys you know how we perceive playing the game from an offensive end and now colton dysinger he's you know might be second or third right now in scoring a jackpine play but when you think about you know a quote-unquote mvp of the conference you guys are first place in the conference he's one of the top scorers he talked about how great he's been defensively you know when you got a guy that you you know is probably going to go out there even if he's not having a great shooting night, he's probably going to end up with 10 to 15. How does that help your squad? Well, I think it's, I always, and I don't know if this is the right or the wrong way to go about it, but our approach and our thought is always, you know, from the mental aspect. And we always talk about, you know, how important it is, you know, to consistently be consistent. And it's very hard, very hard to do that on, on both ends. So that's why if anybody comes out and watches us, you know, you're not going to see me very rarely get on our boys for obviously for missed shots and things like that because we want them to to be aggressive. They've got that freedom because they they earn that on the defensive end. And I definitely think that, you know, the consistency of knowing what you're going to get out of Colton on both ends, and I think you can say the same thing about Joel and Mitchell defensively. Obviously, it's a big plus to us when it happens offensively. Um, but it puts the rest of the group at ease to be able to, to play their game. Now, it is kind of a double edge there where you can't get too complacent because you think that Colton's going to shoulder the load all the time. So that's not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, there's five guys on the floor, and that's why we're always looking for the best shot for our five guys. It could be it could be Colton, and this has been Colton more times than not. But, you know, the way that we play, you know, your, your guys that are a little bit more offensively skilled, they're obviously going to take advantage of those opportunities. Yep. So, and, and speaking um, of skilled, yeah. the, the, the two guys that you got down low, uh, Justin Flannery, Cam Williams, they can really both play inside out. They've got some good size. Talk a little bit about those two. Yeah, you know, Cam is, you know, kind of a rarity in the fact that you've got a six five, six six kid and has pretty good feet, has a very nice, you know, stroke from the outside, uh, does a very good job of, uh, has done extremely better at defense. And it's tough for him because, you know, you've, you've been around the area long enough. You don't usually play a lot of teams that have, you know, go six four plus from their four and their five or their forward position or however you want to refer to them. So there's, there's a lot of times, and it's, you know, same thing for us, you know, Friday night in Pinconning, where, you know, Pinconning comes out with, with four guards and um, in a post, and, and he's got to defend that, and he's gotten extremely better and better um, and aggressive, you know, with it. So, you know, I think his passing is very underrated, you know, in our um, in our offense. Um, you know, a lot of attention. It should be a pay to Justin. Justin's gotten so much better and better throughout the year, and I think a lot of people are seeing that this last month with him on the, the offensive end being more aggressive, getting to the bucket, um, being able to catch that ball in the high post. Um, and, and Cam's ability to, to be a good passer um, and see the floor really helps, you know, Justin with that too, where we try to get Justin to be more and more aggressive um, with that because, I, you know, I don't think there's a, a lot of guys out there that will see right now but we will make a deep run that will be better defenders at the position away from the bucket we'll have one on tuesday which will be 
know, a great test, you know, for us and Justin to see where we're at. Yep. Um, and then, um, you know, but the Flannery, you know, really, you know, everyone sees the guard defensively, but as he has gotten better and better defensively, he really anchors, you know, what we do because if guys know they've got good help side defense, then they can they can be a little aggressive. They can do the things that they want to do if you have good good help back in. And as he's gotten better, you know, I think we've gotten you know better, you know, in that area uh, as well. And looking ahead, how much you know stock? How much are you putting into Tuesday? On the one hand, you know, you could say the game means nothing with the Jack Pine Conference. Glad we're on Thursday is you know for the conference. But then on the other hand, you beat Mount Pleasant. They've bested Elma. They've bested Saginaw High this year. You guys lost to Elma earlier this year. Might face Saginaw High if you make it through the districts. I feel like they could give you a big, you know, lift for a deep playoff run. Is that something you guys are thinking about, or is it kind of more, let, let's play this game and let's focus on Gladwin on Thursday for the Jack Pine? No, I mean, our our approach all year that won't change is our focus right now is, is Mount Pleasant, and we'll, we'll get to Gladwin after we get through Mount Pleasant. You know, no different than I would imagine, you know, Mount Pleasant wants to beat the snot out of us we want to beat the snot out of them on Tuesday and that's the that's the focus and um you know it's it's tough because you you know you hear a lot of people you know will will make the comments to us well you know if you can keep it close if you can and that's just just not our not our mentality the game's on the schedule we're we're going in we're going to prepare ourselves to play the best we can and um and see I mean it's a you know, I, I wish we would have more games like that on our schedule because I feel like it only makes us, you know, better for, like you said, for if you're going to make a run. Um, you know, I don't really ever compare, though, you know, if, if, you know, let's say we, you know, lose to Mount Pleasant by two and, well, you know, Alma or Saginaw High, you know, I, you know matchups are, can always be so, you know, different. Um, a lot of that comes down to, especially to make deep runs, you know, on who you come against and who's a, maybe a good matchup and how, you know, you can combat it, you know, plus or minus for your team. But, um, you know, we're excited, you know. Plus, it's a great opportunity, you know. The, the communities are coming together with Ithaca for the for the B4 Foundation, um, doing T-shirts and, and stuff like that with, with Mount Pleasant. And um, I'm, it's just a real fun opportunity for us, you know, to have a team, you know, right next door to us that's having a good year and uh, much bigger school than we are and get to go in there and, and measure ourselves up and, and see what we're made of this, at this point in the season before you you know you get into district. Yeah, I think it's a really great matchup for, for both of you guys going into district play because, like I said, I don't know, you know, if I don't know if Mount Pleasant's played a team that's going to come at them defensively like your guards do. You know, like you said, people think, you know, well, they play in the Saginaw Valley. This Well, you guys have been dominant defensively this year. It's like I said, I'm really, really excited. I started, I'm sure you've seen the, the highlights of 12, Amani Green, their guard they got. I started calling him the super dribbling machine earlier this year because he's got some great handles. And I'm really excited to see Joel yep. Bendeley and, and Mitch Walters and Colton go up against him defensively. It's going to be a fun, fun matchup Tuesday. And you mentioned Stuff going on with the B4 Foundation uh, in memory of Brady Hesbrook. If people haven't heard, I did my last Spock Sports. I was able to catch up with Terry Hesbrook and Logan Hesbrook to talk all about that, and that was just really cool. Great things going on with that, and supporting mental health is something that we can all do these days. But, Coach, thanks so much for uh, joining me, and we will see you Tuesday, man. I cannot wait. All right, I appreciate it. Another big, big thank you to Coach Fazy taking some time to chat with me here on Spock Sports Show. And, well, that's it for this edition. We'll be back with you next week talking about our girls' district champions and another deep dive into the boys' district playoffs and so much more. It's Spock Sports Show, Buck 92, and podcasting wherever you get your podcasts. Be back with you next week.